You're listening to the sermon cast of First Presbyterian Church Spartanburg. To watch the full video of this worship service and to learn more about the ministries of our church, visit us online at fpcspartanburg.org. We hope you enjoy the message. As Craig mentioned on this second Sunday since Easter Sunday, we turn to yet another story of the disciples' encounters with the risen Christ. This one on a dusty road heading towards a village called Emmaus, a story that is told to us in the 24th chapter of Luke's gospel, beginning with the 13th verse. Friends, let us listen now for a word from God. Now on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened. And while they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And Jesus said to them, what are you discussing with each other while you walk along? The disciples stood still, looking sad. And then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there in these days? And the stranger asked them, what things? They replied, the things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped, they said, but we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all of this, it is now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, some women of our group, they astounded us. They were at the tomb early this very morning, and when they did not find his body there, they came back and told us that they had indeed seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it, just as the women had said, but they did not see him. Then the stranger said to them, oh, how foolish you are, and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? And then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, Jesus interpreted to them the things about himself and all of the scriptures. Now, as they came near the village to which they were going, the stranger walked ahead as if he were going on, but they urged him strongly, saying, stay with us, because it is almost evening and the day is now nearly over. And so he went in to stay with them. And when he was at table with them, he took bread and he blessed it and he broke it and he gave it to them. And then their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, were not our hearts, were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? That same hour they got up and they returned to Jerusalem and they found the 11 and their companions gathered together. They were saying, the Lord has risen indeed and he has appeared to Simon. And then the two disciples told what had happened on the road and how he had been made known to them and the breaking of bread. Friends, the word of God for the people of God. 
Thanks be to God. Today's sermon is titled, From Hoped to Hope. Let us pray. Good and gracious God, our hearts burn within us. They burn with questions. They burn with wonder. They burn with a desire to know you more clearly. And so, God, we pray that you would send your Holy Spirit now, that it would alight upon each of our hearts, so that the words of my mouth and indeed the meditations of all of our hearts gathered together here in your sight would be pleasing and glorifying to you. For you and you alone, O God, are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. But we had hoped, and they urged him strongly. But we had hoped, and they urged him strongly. You know, those may very well be the two most important lines in this whole story of these two disciples making their way to a village called Emmaus. We meet the disciples here, of course, when they are utterly crushed. Nothing has played out how they expected. Right? Like all the other disciples who had been with Jesus for almost three years at that point, they had expected a Messiah. But instead, what they got was a criminal crucified on a cross. And to compound matters even more, the women who were part of their group, they had just that very morning, they had gone to the tomb expecting to find the body there that they were going to help care for. But instead, they found the tomb empty. And there were two angels there who announced to him that the body is not there because it's been stolen, but rather because it is risen. And they came running back. And some of them... Peter, in particular, was curious enough to run back to verify what the women were telling them, but all the others, including these two on the road later that very day, they considered it to be an idle tale, Luke tells us. An idle tale which they did not believe. Nothing has played out how they expected. And then, as if all of this was not strange enough, here comes this stranger saddling up next to them, seeming to toy with them almost. Ask them that question, what are you all talking about? It's such a startling question to them that they literally stop in their tracks, it tells us. They stand still. Are you the only one in all of Jerusalem who has not heard about the things that have taken place here? What things? What things? The things about Jesus of Nazareth, our friend, our teacher, our rabbi, the one who we thought was the Messiah, but who instead was handed over by the religious authorities, tried, and then crucified. Seriously? You're the only one who hasn't heard these things? 
all of these things that have taken place, but we had hoped, they say. Oh, goodness. Four words that hold within them more despair and disappointment than perhaps any others, but we had hoped that he was in fact the one who would redeem all of Israel. Have you all ever walked that path? That path of but we had hoped. Right? But I had hoped that, you know, this would finally change everything. Have you all been on that path? But I had hoped that, that this would finally, this would be the one. He would be the one. She would be the one. This church would finally be the one that just helps me sort it all out. I had hoped that this would be the last time. That this would be the last mistake. That this would be the last heartbreak. That this would be the last war. This would be the last death. This would be the last tragedy to pop up on my screen. I had hoped. I had hoped. I had hoped. Have you all ever been in a place like the disciples find themselves here? One of those places where things just don't quite play out how you had expected. What's amazing to me, though, in this story is that those two disciples, though facing such despair and disappointment, they don't let it dull their basic human instinct to show hospitality. But we had hoped so many things, and though that hope has clearly not come to pass, stranger, won't you still come in and stay with us? It's interesting that the, the stranger, Jesus there, who is in disguise of sorts from their eyes, he's ready to keep walking on that road. But they don't let him. They urge him strongly. What another wonderful phrase. They urged him strongly to come and stay with them. And sure enough, once inside, the stranger takes bread and he blesses it and he breaks it and suddenly their eyes are open and they recognize him. Think about what would be different about this story if the hearts of those two disciples had simply remained stuck in that place of but we had hoped. If they had not let themselves get off the trail of but we had hoped, they would have missed this encounter with the risen Christ. Now, the risen Christ would not have missed them, just as the risen Christ does not miss any of us. But if they had not allowed themselves to set that disappointment aside for a fraction of a second in order to urge the stranger strongly to come in with them, they would have missed this table fellowship where their eyes are open and they recognize that it is not a stranger at all, but rather Christ himself. You know, what an appropriate story on this day in particular, this Confirmation Sunday. I don't know about y'all, but I remember my Confirmation Sunday and feeling a little bit like I was still stuck in some of those places of, but we had hoped. You know, but I had really hoped that John Daniel would have had a much more satisfying answer for my hardest questions. 
You know, but I had hoped when we finally got to this worship service, I would feel something a little different than I have any time before. I'd feel like I had all that faith that I'm supposed to have. But we had hoped. I don't know about you all, but I remember feeling like I was still stuck in some of those places on my confirmation Sunday. Like I had yet to discover all the answers. Like I had yet to feel the overwhelming, the overflowing faith that I expected maybe would come in this moment, in this service. But we had hoped so much. You see, Confirmands, the thing about this Sunday is not that we have to set that aside. Because I promise you, this sanctuary is full of people who are in the exact same place. Instead, what this story invites us to is to be reminded that you're all in good company. If you don't have all the answers, if there's still things that you're hoping for, you're not alone because like I said, it's all out here and it's all out there as well. But what this story does invite us to is to keep on going. To not get stuck on that path of but we had hoped. It invites us to not stop there in our tracks, but rather to keep asking all of the good questions. It invites us to keep showing up at church, whether this one or another one later on in your lives. It invites us to keep wrestling with the scriptures, to keep coming to God in prayer, to keep choosing the way of Christ in the big and small ways, the ways that we know best, to practice kindness, to share love, to extend mercy. This story invites us, in other words, to keep urging Jesus strongly to come in to come into our lives and into our hearts, to come and stay with us. You know, there's an amazing story that I've always loved about a church that has a welcome brunch every time it receives new members. Trying to think, we received a lot of new members today. Y'all can come by my house, I guess, if you want afterwards. (laughs) I'll text my wife after I finish the sermon. But this church, it had a practice, right, of having a a brunch for all the new members every Sunday they received new members. And everyone would come and they'd enjoy a meal together and then they'd go around the room and they'd ask all the new members to share what it is they love the most about that church, right? What is it about this congregation that made you want to join it? And they'd go around and people would say things like, I love the worship and I love the the music ministry is amazing. Well, I love the mission mindset of the congregation. I love the youth program. I love the teaching. I love the whatever it is. And the pastor of this church, she would sit there and she would listen as they go around the room and everyone shared. And she'd get to the end and she'd say, listen, I love the fact that you all love it here. I love the fact that you have found a home for all of the reasons you have named, but I have to tell you, I have to tell you today after you've joined that I'm going to disappoint you and this church is going to let you down. Talk about popping the bubble, right? She said, I'm telling you this right now because I want you here today to make a decision. Knowing that I'm going to disappoint you 
This church is going to let you down. I want you to decide right now on this side of that happening whether or not you're going to stick around. Because she said, in my experience, God's grace, it shows up. It comes along and fills in the cracks of our brokenness. But the only way we experience it is if we're willing to stick around when things get hard, when things break, when we find ourselves taking another step on that path of but we had hoped. And I'm here to tell you, she says, it's too beautiful to miss. Don't miss it. Decide now that you'll stick around because you won't be disappointed. These disciples on the road to Emmaus, they almost missed it, didn't they? They almost missed it. But instead, they urged him strongly to come in, to come into their home, yes, but also to come into their lives, to come into their hearts, to share in that brokenness. And my hope for all of our confirmants, but my hope too for the church in this place is that we'll do the same. That we won't get stuck in those places of but we had hope because I promise you, they're gonna keep coming. I'm gonna let you down. Every person up here is gonna let you down. The church will disappoint us. But if we stick around, if we show a willingness to continue to urge Jesus to come and be with us in our midst. Oh boy, beautiful things, amazing things, grace-filled things, resurrection things you might even say. Well, they will happen. And I'm here to tell you, it's too beautiful to miss. So confirmands, church, Don't miss it. In the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.